0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Urban Time Radio. Please don't start crying already. Anyway, I'm Justin Geyer, sitting in Urban Time Radio studio, Master Control. Um, J.D. Hartzell's running a bit late. I guess he's got some problems with snow out there in Pennsylvania. At least that's what he said in the message he sent me. Um, keep it between the roads, J.D., or keep it between the ditches, I mean. So hopefully he's not sitting in a ditch or something. So he should be calling in later, we hope. Anyway, um, I've just had a pretty bad week, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been down with this stomach flu. So if I sound a little bit off, that's, that's the reason why. Um, pretty much went like four days without eating. and Last couple of nights I slept like 11 hours straight. Uh, it is rough. It's, it's been rough. I'm starting to come out of it now. Um, actually, I almost messaged JD and told him I wasn't going to make it, but I didn't. It's a good thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on at all. So, you're going to have to put up with us, I guess. Um, anyway, I'm going to play this little ad from my sponsors.
0: Hey, check out Herpentime Radio sponsor, Hooper Tafana, by Joshua Ortiz. He specializes in Asian water monitors, tegus, Australian water dragons, and many more.
1: Also, check out the high quality products at Zilla. You know, they make cool stuff. They put a lot into their testing and research. We just did a show on them not too long ago. Um, We had manager Ryan McVeigh on. And uh, the amount of work they put into their products is pretty impressive. So uh, check them out. Zilla high-quality products. Anyway, um, I've got Mr. Forrest Fanning on the line. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Hey, how's it going, Forest? Oh, all right. I'm hey. I'm making it
2: through. <laughs> yep. So yeah. uh, flu's no fun, man. It seems like that season's definitely upon us. I've had a couple friends yeah. with the flu, and but brutal. this time it hit me hard. It was brutal.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I yeah, fell it's... way behind on my chores and stuff. But I kind of I did a lot of catching up today. Um, and do a lot more tomorrow, I hope. So, but yeah, I'm I'm still a little, little out of, it, still feeling a little, little weak. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to yeah. talk with uh, with you here, Forrest, about um, yeah, about stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, Forrest, let's <laughs> start out. Um, this this is your first time on the show, so we got to pick on you just a little bit. Um, yep. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the reptile world and what you're working
2: with. Um, you know, just like like everybody, you know, when I was young, I, I you know, got an interest pretty early on, and uh, I grew up in the Black Hills of South Dakota, so, um, okay. just you know, fi- finding some of our native herps out there, prairie rattlesnakes and bull snakes and painted turtles and racers, and you know, we had we had a pretty good selection of reptiles, and then we also had an awesome zoo right in our backyard, which is Reptile Gardens, um, one of the largest reptile collections in the world. So, you know, when I was a little kid, they'd bring uh, all kinds of reptiles to our school and then you'd go to Reptile Gardens in the summer and be able to, you know, see Galapagos tortoises <laughs> and sit on them and um, a huge selection of crocs. I think at that time they had like maybe 19 or 20 species of crocodiles and so that, that really caught my interest then and then um as I got as I got older, started keeping stuff, you know, I started keeping um stuff at home, you know, like I, I got a Burmese python somewhere around sixteen years old. And then uh when when I was uh, out of the house I started getting on Kingsnake dot com and kind of seeing everything that was going mm-hmm. on and uh and two you know two things kinda of, really caught my eye and it was uh believe it or not it was ball pythons and and uh green tree pythons and you know green green tree pythons really like struck me with just absolutely i couldn't believe how beautiful they were and just the different colors and the fact that you didn't know how they were going to be what they were going to turn out to be as as neonates you know and so you'd have to buy this baby raise it up for you know years and years just to see what it was going to look like and uh so just all that really appealed to me and then the ball python thing was more just like you know following ralph davis and and uh just you know seeing seeing all this crazy money being made and and the genetics and everything was interesting so from the start those were the two things that i kind of kind of focused on and and just it's been a wild ride ever since for sure
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah. So, um, yeah. what all you got going on with the uh, green tree pythons? Yeah, everybody loves chondros.
2: They do, man. That's that's one thing about them is uh, is you know I I haven't been on social media for this whole time. It's just been maybe like two or three years I've been doing the social media thing. But man, like that's that's what definitely grabs people's attention, and that's what I get most most of the messages I get are about green tree pythons, and um I've I've got a pretty you know I've, I've for a long time now I've had a pretty awesome collection of them everything from designers to localities you know I've had the blue ones and the yellow ones and the calico ones and then I've got um got two pairs of uh kofials which are like the uh they come from Kofial Island and uh that's in the Raja Ampat um little group of islands in Indonesia and from this one Island they have have some that uh usually they end up with like a nice yellow yellowish wash over a lime green but sometimes we get what are called canary phase ones and I've got a canary male and then I've got um, mm-hmm. a green wash male and two females so you know I've got I've got those and I've got all these awesome designer ones but um, I just say I have not had very much luck breeding them I mean it's it's definitely been my probably my biggest failure in this business is then trying to be a, a green tree Python breeder they're just they're they're really difficult snakes, man. And they have a, a bunch of unique challenges. Everything from uh, everything from uh, diseases and and viral stuff that goes through them to um, a lot of issues with fertility and uh, dystocia or egg binding. That's that's a really common okay. thing. Pro prolapses and and just a you know it's, it just seems like no matter what with them it's like you know. If you if you can keep them healthy and doing well, then they slug out. Or if you get good eggs, um, you'll get full term no. dead babies. And then if you get them to hatch, you're sitting there, you know, with a whole clutch of what we call runners, which are animals that just won't even strike at food and they'll fly off the perch. And uh, so it's uh it's it's been frustrating, but uh, I still refuse to to give up on them, and I'm always gonna. I'm always going to keep doubling down and just uh, trying to figure out the the pieces of the puzzle, and I've, I have had yeah. some success and and produced some awesome stuff. But they're definitely they're definitely you know if you if if you want a good snake to uh, to be consistent with, or if you you know if you're sitting there thinking you're going to make a bunch of money with them, they they'll definitely break your heart. That's for damn sure. They're heartbreakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think
1: about. I think the vast majority of breeders out there, no matter what reptile they're breeding, are going to agree with you there. It's it's like yeah. you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to make a lot of friends. You're going you're going to be able to tell a lot of stories,
2: but you're not really yep. going to make that much money. Um, oh, that's for damn sure, you know, dude. Across the board. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh that's that's one thing I try to not you know harp about too much, but I know my ball python friends get get mad at me when i start you know kind of giving them grief about that part of the business but it it is you know it's 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 really hard to be profitable with reptiles like it's it's uh you know nine nine out of ten people aren't going to be able to do it so if you don't love it if you wouldn't do it for for nothing then it, then you really probably just shouldn't do it i mean that's the that's the reality of it
1: yeah i can go with that or just you know be be a person that keeps them and enjoys them, but um, maybe yep. not really try to get into hardcore breeding um, yeah, you know for me, it was like I kept some different stuff for a number of years, and I kept some other different stuff for a number of years, and then I was like, okay, I'm keeping these things successfully. Um, what's the next step? Well, oh, let's try to breed them yep. and and my yep. first breeding project was just a pair of corn snakes and I'll tell you what, I mean, it took longer than I thought for the eggs to hatch, but the first time I saw a little corn snake nose poking out of the egg, I was done. My fate was sealed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's There's nothing like it, man, and it's definitely something, you know, that that we all look forward to and love doing, and, and uh, you know, and, and colubrids. You know, you you actually can do pretty well with those. Like of all the things on the commercial side of it that I've done, I've definitely um been more successful money wise with those over the length of doing it than I have with with anything else. It's uh col- colubrids are cool. And I, I love putting them into brumation, man. It's like, Oh, there's an the area of my life that has less work for a few months, you know, that's really the only yeah. instance of of that. So yeah, kind I think of that, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, they be. go.
1: The adults go down, and you just focus. You really got. Really, then you put all your focus in the babies, and just. I mean, yep. like right now, right now my my snakes are down for the winter, but right now they're still cleaning out, so we're still cleaning enclosures and and all through yep. the winter, you know, run through there, check them once a week, and um, fill water bowls need fill, yep. but that's really not not that much' there, i mean they're really not drinking that much during the winter no, now, they it's funny because um you know i've I've still got the heat tape on in the back of my racks, mm-hmm. and I' go out there and every one of those snakes would be at the front, which right now they're sitting yeah at sixty degrees, yep. and um you know the way the way my setup is I really don't have temperature control, it just temperature drops out there normally on based on time of year and as time what I'm doing with the what's what's happening in the environment and it, it works.
2: Yep. Yeah, no that's that's now pretty think, similar to how mine is.
1: Yeah. For sure. Well South Dakota, I mean,
2: you got some harder winters than what
1: we normally see. I'm I'm in Illinois by the way.
2: Um yeah, yeah, I grew South. up there. I don't, I, I live in Indiana now, so I, oh, okay. I'm not too far from you. Yep. So. All right. What part? I'm in Indianapolis. Do you like vend South. at the, uh... okay. I, do you I vend don't. at the Midwest? No, I so... go a lot of times, but I don't, I don't typically vend. I mainly just do like Kinley and Pomona sure. park and, or Pomona out in California. And then, uh, um, Arlington, those are, those are really the three shows that I, I like to vend. But, but the local shows, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's certain people do better at those, but to me, it's to me shows are like a huge amount of work and it's like, mm-hmm. I, I can barely handle doing those few big shows a year. I'm just, it's, it's really a, a big ordeal for me. So to do those smaller ones, like if I had more, of a variety of animals that are that appeal to those kind of people at the local shows it would be better yeah. you know and 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 which i i know most of those guys and a lot of guys come by my place and they'll get stuff from me to take to the shows and stuff and and they they do really well you know if if um you know there's there's definitely plenty of uh of, of money and good times to be had at at smaller shows i just i'm i'm not doing that as much anymore what about you? Do you vend that one? Yeah, yeah.
1: We usually do really well. We've been vending. We've hit every single show over there for about the last year and a half. Um,
2: okay.
1: So if uh, so, if you happen to show up at the show, just look at, for the Guyer Genetics tables. We're usually well. We're pretty much always um, three tables right along the west wall there at the South okay. Pavilion.
2: Where, um, yeah, we where we had to Brian have met that, I'm sure. Yeah, well, not, I'm, I'm sure we Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure we we had to have met. But if not, um, you guys definitely have to hit me up uh, anytime you're you're in town, and I'm I'm not too far from there. So if you ever want to swing by yeah. and see the collection and stuff, I have a lot of people that stop by usually after the show. So um, I might be able to do something like that.
1: All right, yeah. we're there every indie show. Um, me and my team. Yeah. So I don't remember yeah, when the next one's good... scheduled. I think it's yeah. January sometime. I know they don't have a December yeah. show. See, our our next show we're vending is um, the Show Me Show in St. Louis on December second. That's the next one on the
2: calendar. Okay. Yeah. And then I've, um, I've I've heard those are those can be pretty good shows. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely they are. Yeah, yeah, we
2: usually have a we usually do really well over, over
1: there. Um, but now, uh, now how how does Tinley usually work out for you?
2: It it works out really good, you know. It's um, you know, I I have a well, my main business is feeders, so um, okay, you know that's how I make my living, and then um, the reptile stuff is more just a a personal thing, but uh. But yeah, so I, I have two things going on and, and uh, usually no matter what, the the feeder side of it does pretty good for us because we've been doing it for a long time there. So, um, so that kind of secures that we're, you know, it's worth the expense and everything for that. But this year I did the best I've ever done at Tinley. I did really well. I brought a pretty good selection of stuff and uh, I was, I was really happy that uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I brought like all my baby Abronia that I ha- had left. I, I had about, I think, 60-something or 70 Abronia babies this year. And uh, by the show, I think I probably went there with, like, 40. And uh, I I was really pleased that I, I ended up selling out of those. And just lots of different people came up because they're, you know, they're kind of an obscure, lesser-known species. So to see, see people come and, uh, and want to get those, and then I brought a – I brought some emerald tree boas and annulated tree boas and uh, Okay and awesome. green trees. Yeah, yeah, I had a pretty good selection, so I it it worked out really good. And because uh, October's always hit or miss, you know, October there's so much selection and there's so many people that like back when yeah. all I ha- would have would be ball pythons and, and corns. Sometimes it would I didn't do as well because I felt like you're just you know, oversaturated. And, uh, Tim, Finley just so crazy. I mean, it, there's, there's so many people that sometimes there's, you know, a bit, a big part of shows is vendor to vendor, you know, it's like you sell, yeah. You know, sometimes that's all you do, you know, you might only sell a few things retail, but you can do awesome with vendor stuff because, yeah. you know, they're, they're breeders too, but Timley's so crazy that you barely have enough time to go around and see what there is at the show. So, I think it can be harder to do a lot of vendor deals these days too, because it just, because of the sheer scale of, of the show. So right. it's, well, uh, it, it, yeah. it's incredible.
1: See, I've kind of stayed away from Tenley just because of the table costs and costs of hotels yep. and travel and everything. And, and here I am mostly breeding, you know, corn snakes and it's like, um, yeah, damn, but, but it's like, I don't know if I can cover costs, but, then um, I have oh last couple shows that we've ended at. I had people coming up to the table and they're like, "Man, you'd do awesome at Tenley. And uh, I bet you would. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, yeah, we might have to give it a try.
2: So yeah, if you can yeah. find, you know, if you can find like a a buddy or two to go in on it, you know, that's the uh, that's that's definitely the the cheapest way to do it. You know, I know I had. Uh, two different people that were helping me out, you know, and they got some <laughs> space because, because it is, you know, I mean, to to think about having to make, you know, a thousand bucks or, or whatever it might be to, to, you know, cover the whole trip and everything. That's, that's a lot of money, you know, I mean, for, for, well, most, yeah, most I mean, I, I can, you know, it's.
1: I usually pull a thousand bucks or more at like Andy and St. Louis, you know, the shows, most shows we've been at, I can, you pull that. Yep. It's, it's it's but you know, you you gotta figure though. You can't just figure on your costs of the tables and the trips and the food and all that. You also gotta remember that hey when you get back you gotta order rodents. Um yep. that money's gotta come from somewhere. Yep. So Exactly. That, yeah. So yep. you know that's something no, you gotta I...
2: keep in mind when you're innings. okay. Oh yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree and it's uh yeah it's it's not cheap. It's not cheap, but to make, you know, make thousand bucks at those smaller shows where it's like, you know, you only you don't have very much near the cost of it and uh you can get out there and yeah, and be making money for your your feeders and and uh, also, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're active in the stuff too, it's it, it was real important to me coming up in in the game to be at every show, you know. I used to literally drive all over the place I, and I'm talking like I was like, like every repticon I could go to I'd drive eight, ten hours to a repticon or you know wow. just, just I, I I was really everywhere you know it was, it was i I was really kind of all in and hardcore and uh and so I kind of came up in the game just uh it, it, it really helped helped me out though by going to all those shows and and meeting people all over the place mm-hmm. ended up being really really valuable for me. Um, just in terms of uh, sure. of having having that networking and stuff, so it's definitely something I would <laughs> I would advise the the younger people or the newer people in the in the reptile world to do is is just get out there and uh, and meet people and go to the bigger shows and go to symposiums and stuff like that just to, yeah just to meet people and because uh, the 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 people are you know just you know the the animals are incredible and and the experience of and and the connection you you get with the animals is incredible but uh the, the people in this this world are are really just as awesome and and uh definitely a big a, a big part of it for me you know i just i never could have imagined all the the different people i would have got to become friends with and uh oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 awesome i love it
1: yeah, I agree with that. And um, you know, I've made friends all over. Now we pretty much stick to a three hour drive from home yep. myself and, and all of the all my help. We still work full time jobs and it's hard enough to pull yep. that off. Oh yeah. So yeah, so we're kinda limited and actually Tenley's kinda outside that three hour range but and writing's on yep. the wall we're gonna have to do it. And I mean yeah i sure I've hated I've hated to do it before. But I've had to drop shows before, even though I like the people yep. there, I like the promoter, but just because we were consistently doing poorly and uh, yeah. you know what we were doing wasn't really we couldn't even justify the drive there. Um yeah. so I've had to do that before and, and kinda hated myself for having to make that kind of business decision, but sometimes yep. it's what you gotta do if if it if the show's just not performing. Yep.
2: Yeah, I know, there's plenty of some of those shows so where I look at them, like the Midwest show is is great. Brian does a really good job and yes, puts does. a ton of people through the door. But I've 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 went to some of the smaller ones and I'm I'm you know kind of surprised by the to just how small they are or you know they're just not doing doing a lot of promotion. So it's uh it I would give you know, it, yeah go ahead oh no I'm listening. Um, you know, I'll give I,
1: I, a show. I'll give a show. You know, a couple chances, two or three chances, because every now and then you are just gonna have a bad show. You just, you know, you just gotta absolutely. eat it every now and then. But as yep. long as it's not consistently bad, I'll stick with it. But when once it gets to the point where it's like, okay, this isn't getting any better, then then you gotta make a decision.
2: Yep. For sure. Most definitely, yeah. It's uh, like you said, you never, you never know when you, you know, you do show up at a show and it's just that you don't sell nothing. And then the next time you Mm -hmm. can do that one and it could be the best one you've ever had. So you gotta, you gotta keep an open mind and, uh, and and also just have a a positive attitude. You know, that's, I've learned that about just sales in general and business and life is you, you never know when that next best lead of your life is going to come up and, uh, somebody might, might walk in the door and, uh, and, you know, just your take dog the, on the air. most. Yep. Yeah. yeah. my dog does one <laughs> on the air, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Never, never prejudge, you know, a lead or anything like that because sometimes somebody walks up to your table and might not think they're going to buy and might not think they have a bunch of money and then they'll buy the, the most expensive thing you have. So yeah, it's, uh, How'd that happen
1: Yep, I. We're gonna go into our mid-show break. Just play a little tune, okay, and we'll be back in just a little bit, and uh, we'll pick it back up in the second half. You're listening to Time Radio. Sounds good. Mm Open Time Radio, I'm Justin Geyer, talking to Mr. Forrest Fanning. Um, we have a pretty interesting first half. We got to talking about um, green tree pythons and such, and got talking about reptile shows quite a bit. Um, anyway, if you want to call in and be a part of our little show, you can call in at 213-943-3644, especially if your name is J.D. Hartzell. You know, if you're sitting in a ditch full of snow, you can still call into the show, right?
0: <laughs>
1: Hopefully, JD's doing okay. Hopefully, we'll hear from him before the end of the show. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I was thinking about hitting on with the second half here yeah. for us, maybe talking talking a little bit about your ball python projects.
2: Um. So yeah. So earlier on, you know, those were my two. My two focuses. Um I ended up getting out of ball pythons a couple of years ago oh. and uh Okay. yeah. So yeah, so those were just what I was, you know, kinda of saying that's what started my interest out in uh in, in keeping stuff and breeding and all that. But now I have a pretty eclectic, uh, large collection of stuff and not not so much focused on morphs, although I still do have I've got a lot of uh scaleless corn snake stuff. Um and then I've got yeah. some some boa constrictor morphs but outside of that i have uh i i don't know i have i have somewhere i know at some point i had over over 100 species i'm not sure where where i'm at now but i've got somewhere around 50 species of lizards with a big chunk of those being a bronia and then i've got i okay. i've got a, a really nice tree monitor collection and uh tree uh crocodile monitors yeah, yeah. Lizards have like really taken my my heart and uh and focus these past two years. So I've I've kinda went crazy with uh with lizards and then I do a lot of corralis stuff with uh with emerald tree boas and basins and okay. um so, some of the other stuff and then and then I also really like crocodiles. So I have uh I think uh eight species of crocodiles and I've got a uh, a leucistic spectacle cayman project that, that is pretty cool. Um, okay. I bought I, bu- I bought brought that thing in as a baby in 2012, and it was just a little little white spectacle cayman, and uh, I had mm-hmm. to get like a federal p- permit and everything to uh, to to be able to import it and uh, get it, what's mm-hmm. called a CBW permit, and so that was kind of. That that was a big moment for me, getting that you know both that permit and then just uh, coming across something like that was was pretty exciting. And now now yeah, you know be. all these years, yeah, all these years later, now I've got these came in that hopefully next year will be be uh, ready to breed. And I don't know if I'll be able to make white ones the first go round because I have the white one and some of its siblings. Or I don't know if it'll make hats. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting but uh yeah that all kind of came about like i said when i was uh traveling around a lot and uh volunteering at a lot of places and things like that i was down in florida for a while and uh yeah and i had become interested in in crocodiles and so i've been doing uh con you know fundraising for conservation i'm, I'm part of a conservancy really? down there that does does stuff like that and so that's how i i got um, some of these babies as well for just doing like education and stuff. So I've got like a little baby Cuban crocodile and a baby Siamese crocodile and Yakari came in and broad Snouted came in. And uh, so, so yeah, so that's that's kind of like a, kind of a brief rundown of all the, the chaos I got going yeah, on that's around Yeah, quite here. a bit of chaos. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's it's uh my you know i like on instagram and stuff my my handle is zoo dreams because that that was kind of what my dream was was to to have a public facility to kind of justify having all these different species and all this stuff is was to share it with everybody so someday um i'm kind of working towards a long-term plan of of hopefully having something like that where where people can come and see see all this different stuff so
1: yeah. Yeah. I'd like to talk some with you about your lizards. I've I've got some lizards here. Let's see. I've mm-hmm. got a leopard gecko. I've had for about fourteen years. Um, wow. I've got a, uh, a European legless lizard, the shelteredusik. Um, oh wow. I've got a small colony of anoles. I had a, a green iguana that I raised from a hatchling. Unfortunately, she passed mm-hmm. um, last year. Actually but last winter she passed it seventeen years old. So um so I had her for seventeen years and I figured that's pretty good success in Illinois for green iguana. I
2: would say so. Yeah. Yeah. That's something to be um, right there. So I've got a little bit of
1: lizard experience. Um I'd I've had a so. Savannah monitor in the past. Um, I know JD's more of a lizard guy than I am. Um, he's kind of on a little bit of a monitor kick right now. With a, He's got a couple of uh, water monitors from Nerd, and he's got – those are doing real well for him. And um, Awesome. He's got a Savannah monitor. Um, and you said you're working on, like, tree monitors and stuff. What can you tell us about those?
2: Yeah, um, I just – you know, from the first one I got, I, I've always wanted them, and I was always, you know, pretty intimidated by them and stuff. And uh, and one of my friends, Joe Satowski, he's a, a – he, you know, sells uh, sells a lot of Indo stuff and, and um, brings a lot of that stuff in. And so I was down at his place, and he had a a Eye, a Blue Tree monitor, and a persinus and they're little babies. And I was like, man, I just I, – I, I'm going to give it a try, so – so I I went for it and uh, and learned you know learned a lot about them really quick. Um, you know there, there was a lady on YouTube. Her her thing was called a uh, Reptile Whisperer. I think is what her her handle was. And so I just kind of started watching her videos and and okay. taking in everything that she was she was saying. And uh, and you know what one thing about them is like you know is that I I made a point of once I kind of got going with them and figured them out was like buying captive born it's like the wild caught ones versus the captive born ones I had when when I first got into them I kind of went crazy and and then I was like well I'm going to get some adults too and and so at Tinley Park I picked up like a couple of adults and uh Ryan McVay from Zilla he, he came over and basically he about slapped me he about slapped me he's like you know what are you doing getting all these wild caught ones he's like get captive born ones you're never going to succeed with those wild caught ones it's going to be 10 times harder so I was like oh man you know what am I doing so I I worked with those wild caught ones for a minute and then you know kind of quickly realized what he was saying and why he was saying that with uh you know I did fecals and stuff and found some of the some of the parasite loads and stuff that come with them and I I treated them and I got them established but I was like all right I shouldn't have taken that shortcut so one of my buddies wanted those so I sold those adults to him and um uh, mm-hmm. kind of went on the hunt for for captive born babies and uh and I was able to find you know captive born pairs unrelated of uh of the five species that are available here in the the country there's uh there's the Varanus mccrayi, which is the blue tree monitor from uh, Batanta Island. These are all Indonesian uh-huh. islands. And then, then there's uh, Bekarai, which is the black tree monitor, and they're from Aru Island. Then there's uh, Risingrai, the yellow. Those are from Mesol Island. And then Priscinus is kind of found from varying I- islands like uh, Maruki, Sarong. They're, they're pretty widespread. And then uh, last is uh cordensis which is a beoc tree monitor and uh and they're that you know getting them all as little babies and and starting captive born they're they're really not um too difficult i mean you know i i give them a hot spot um of around 105 to 110 at the most cool size uh-huh. cage is in the low 80s and uh i focus you know j- just like with anything but with these guys, especially I, I really focus on hydration with them. So I'm just like, every time I'm in my reptile room, I'm spraying them, you know, spraying their mouth with the, with the spray bottle and not like blast them in the face it's kind of like a slow, I, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, you know, just, just kind of, I guess if you ever watch like that Viper Keeper video guy, his, you know, what he does with his snakes, he kind of uses like this little s- syringe thing and, drops water in their mouth i do something kind of like that with them and but i mean i i mean if i i might spray them you know five times or more a day until they stop drinking which can be a good minute so so i think mm. to keep them hydrated and then the other thing is uh is they really don't like glass and i mean they they they, they, they hate it it's like you could take a perfect captive born animal and throw them in a glass tank and they're, they're instantly going to rub their noses and it, it's like, they kind of see their reflection, I believe is what mm-hmm. it is. And it confuses them and scares them. They, they just don't seem to do, like, even if they can see other tree monitors and other cages, I think that's kind of a, could be a factor too. But, um, but I get people that message me like day in, day out and they're like, you know how do I keep these things? And then I tell them, and I tell them not to keep them in glass. And then they they're like, well, I have them in a glass tank now, and and they kind of try to like then convince me what you know how they can do it in the glass tank. And I just don't think that uh, I I think that you're you're honestly better off in a screen cage, and just misting yeah. them down a bunch, and and then you are putting them in glass. So I think that's you know having wild caught ones that are infested with parasites and incredibly stressed from this nightmare of a journey from, from, you know, Indonesia to, to us. And then, um, so you've got that, that stress, those parasites that, you know, can lead to to failure. But, um, if you start captive born or if you put in the hard work, uh, they're, they're really, really special animals. And, and for me, um, interacting with these, these lizards is just it's so rewarding you know just like the the long road it can take just to build this little bit of trust with them you know maybe it, maybe it's like you know you're spraying them and you're getting them to drink and you get closer and closer every day with that spray bottle and then after a while you reach your finger out while they're drinking and you start giving them a little throat uh throat scratch you know and uh with your finger and mm-hmm. and they're like all right that's okay and then you do that a couple of times and then they they jump up on your arm. And it's like, it's that, that to me is, is, it's just so cool. It's so cool how intelligent monitors are. And then it's also like so rewarding to me how long that process is to build, like Kevin yeah. McCurley says, little, little threads, you know, he's like, you're, you know, building little threads. And, and next thing you know, you weave something together and that's called trust. And uh, that's, you know, he was kind of my inspiration for, for understanding lizard behavior and trying to trying to do that. So uh so yeah, I I yeah. I just love them. The, the the tree monitors have been beyond rewarding, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, really, that's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Now,
1: for like screen screen cage, you mean something like a, are you using something like hardware cloth?
2: Yeah, Does so I've got uh, rate yeah, raising them up. Now I've never kept an adult in a screen cage, so I would assume if you're going to do that, you'd need to like do um, some some kind of some kind of hardware cloth or screen. Maybe like the aluminum screen, um, a wood frame or hardware cloth on the outside. But um, mm-hmm. I th- I think once they get you know once they approach like ten inches to a foot, I think then you probably need to build them something custom. I had. Uh, Doug Barb make me some custom cages that are five foot tall by four foot wide by two foot deep. But for the raise up, cool. I just put them in uh, zoomed uh eighteen eighteen thirty six. You know, like those uh, the the same ones I keep my Bronia in. I would just put them in there with like a a log that goes up to the top and a, a basking lamp and a UVB and and uh, mm-hmm. really they did you know have done just exceptional for me in those so. It's, uh, but yeah. Of, that's, I mean,
1: go ahead. What kind of feeding schedule do you have them on? Uh,
2: so, um, I, I try to feed mine three times a day. So, um, I, I don't think it's necessary. I think you're probably fine doing like once a day, but, uh, but I've noticed that if I put in, in three times a day that they they definitely eat them. And, uh, I had heard some other monitor breeders saying that that's the best thing to do is like smaller meals. Frequently, you know, they just, they have a fast metabolism and they're, they're moving all over the place. So, you know, that combined with, you know, them needing all that spraying and hydration and then that, that constant feeding schedule, they're definitely not a low maintenance species. No, it doesn't sound like it. No, but they do sound, they do sound really interesting. They are, they're, they're riot, man. They're, they're really fast and uh, they're, you know, they they say a reasonable size you know at, at least in the lizard world you know one, one thing about being a lizard guy you find out really quick is um you run out of space really quick and you need these giant cages and uh yeah and the costs the costs really add up quick you know you if if you had a room and you you know you could have a whole bunch of different kinds of snakes and then next thing you know you decide you like lizards and all of a sudden those those couple walls that had a few hundred tubs or four cages so it's like you know <laughs> you can you can just kind of eat yourself out out of house and home really quick if if you don't tether your yeah. uh, your desire for new stuff I've had to really really learn to control myself and I'm still having problems with it it's uh <laughs> it, it is an addiction <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is. It it really is. Um yeah, okay. and I can definitely understand it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh,
2: well, so all right, for the lighting um, too, you know. Oh, go ahead. Yep.
1: Do you have a website or anything anywhere where people can see what you got or they can get a, people can get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, um so um I, my, uh, like I said, Instagram is my main thing that I do. That's uh zoo dreams. And then, uh, my wife, Desiree, she also has an Instagram Desiree D E S I R E E A M one is hers. And then we've got Facebook. Uh, we've got Reptech on theirs is our company. And then, uh, for, for our feeder rodent side of things, we have a cold blooded cafe, and uh, we ship nationwide, flat rate shipping. So uh, if, if anybody's looking for frozen rodents out there, feel free to uh, to hit us up. And uh, I'm sure. always uh, always down to answer questions and stuff to you. If people want to message me on Facebook or Instagram and and uh, like doing that stuff. So yeah, it's All been, right. been a real pleasure chatting with you, man. I can't wait to uh, meet you in person and uh, hopefully see you when you come down for the Midwest yeah. Show.
1: Yeah, that's – well, we're there every show. Um, so that's a definite – that's a high probability that, that we'll meet face-to-face. And like you said, we probably already have and just didn't know it.
2: Yep. Yeah, for sure. So. For anyway, sure.
1: Forrest, um, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been a good time. I think we had a really good talk. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. I kind of got a feeling that there's a lot of stuff we didn't cover.
2: Absolutely, man. I'm always down for it. So uh, really appreciate the opportunity and uh, also just appreciate the effort guys like you put into uh, creating content for all of us uh, enthusiasts to to sit and <laughs> listen to while we're cleaning our cages. So thanks a bunch, man.
1: <laughs> well, hey, thank you. Um, all right. So, okay. We'll uh, hopefully talk to you soon.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: All right. That was uh, Mr. Forrest Fanning. Um, so I think that was a really good show. It was just uh, me and him talking. Um, no, nobody likes us enough to call in, and, and I hope JD's okay. Uh, you know, so he didn't make it on. I'll find out what's going on with that later on. Uh, hell, I don't remember who we got coming on next week, but I'm sure we got another show scheduled. So catch us then. Um, you know, you're not legally entitled to yet. But go ahead and listen in, and we will talk to you soon. And thank you for listening to Herping Time Radio for better than nothing.
0: tonight. There's a man that shines with the gun in his eye, and a blade shining no so bright. There's evil in the hand, there's thunder in the sky, and a killer's on the bloodshot trees. Oh, I'm down in the tunnel with a deadly arrival northwest I a young boy, down in the cover, he was stopped. For the gates of heaven, how come rolling on back to you? And I think somebody somewhere must be tolling a bell And the last thing I see is my heart still beating I break